Lord, you know how to make an old man happy. And I thank you. Be present now in these few minutes as you have been on the last few. Magnify your son, I ask in his name. Amen. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the relationship between friendship with Jesus and the aims of higher education. Specifically, the relationship between the friendship with Jesus and the aims of Bethlehem College and Seminary. In the portion of God's Word, if you have a phone or a Bible and you would like to follow along, it might be helpful, but you don't have to. John chapter 15, verses 12 to 15. John 15, 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. So three times he refers to them as friends. He refers to them as his friends. And those three statements are intended to clarify what it means to be a friend of Jesus. Let's take them one at a time. Number one, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. If Jesus had not laid down his life for us, if he had not offered himself in death in our place, we would not exist as his friends because, according to chapter 3, verse 36, we would remain under the wrath of God. And according to 316, we would perish. But he did lay down his life for his friends, and therefore we do exist as his friends. Greater love has no one than this, than that he lay down his life for his friends. So the first thing we can say about friendship with Jesus is that it is created by the greatest love possible, namely the laying down of the life of the Son of God. That's how we exist as friends of Jesus. And had he not died like that, we would not be friends of Jesus, but enemies. Number two, verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command you. In other words, when I say I lay down my life for my friends, you can know that you are my friend and that my life laid down counts for you if you do what I command you. You are my friends if you do what I command. That's a big if, a very big if. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Eternity hangs on that if. I take it to mean 
you can know you are my friends and that my death counts for you if my love for you and my death for you has so changed you, you love each other. I'll say that again. You can know that you're my friend and my death counts for you if my death has so changed you that you love each other. You can know that you're my friend. The most amazing thing about this second statement about friendship is that friends don't talk to each other this way. I mean, Rick is my friend, but I would never go to you and say, if you do what I command you, you are my friend, or I am your friend. That's, that's the most striking thing. If you do what I command you, you're my friend. What are we to make of that? Humans enjoy a friendship of remarkable symmetry. Side by side, shoulder to shoulder, Lincoln arms, common vision, goal bigger than both of us, sold out in partnership together, that's friendship. And if you try to translate that into a relationship with Jesus, it's blasphemy. Side by side, Lincoln arms, shoulder to shoulder, united in allegiance to a bigger, a vision bigger than both of us. It's not bigger than both of us, it's bigger than one of us. Me. It's not bigger than Jesus. He is the vision. He writes the vision. He creates the vision. There is a profound asymmetry in friendship with God. And if you don't like that, you don't like God, because that's what it means to be God. This is the only way a God can be a friend of his creature, is to say, if you do what I command you, you are my friend. He sets the vision, I obey, and we link arms and shoulder to shoulder we go. Statement number three, verse 15. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Now, what's he doing? Verse 15, what I just read, is Jesus preempting a misuse and a misunderstanding of the second statement. If you do what I command you, you are my friends. This verse is intended to preempt a misuse of that statement. He's saying, 
you may think that when I require obedience of you, I'm treating you like slaves. You may think that. I'm not. Why not? Slaves don't know what their master is doing. That's why not. Well, how do they know? For all that my father, all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. When I say that you must do what I command you to be my friend, don't infer, oh, we're slaves. Why not? Because slaves don't know what their master is doing, and everything my father told me, I've made known to you. So what does it mean to be a friend of Jesus then? It means, first of all, to be loved with the greatest love possible. Greater love has no one than this, than that he lays down his life for his friends. You are loved with the greatest love possible if you are my friend. And the second thing it means is you're in the know. You know what the master is doing. What does it mean that all that the Father has told me I have given to you? All of it. It means everything you need to know about what God is doing in the world and in your life, everything you need to know in order to obey gladly as a friend, not slavishly as a slave, you know from the Word of God. You know everything you need to know. That's what the all means in verse 15. All that the Father has said to me, I have made known to you. Therefore, you're not in a slave category. They don't know what the Master is doing. You know what the Master is doing. And therefore, all your obedience, all of it, makes sense. Slaves do not know how the commands of the Master fit into the plan. They don't need to know. Just do it. That's not who you are as a friend of Jesus. God never says to his friends, just do it. He always gives reasons. Always. Everything I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. And the everything, of course, is not making us omniscient. The hidden things belong to the Lord. It's the everything you need to not obey as a slave, but a friend. And friends know what the master is doing. Therefore, 
Christian living, Christian obedience, is rooted in, grows out of the soil of knowing what God is doing. God is at work doing things on planet Jupiter right now. He is guiding all the electrons and all the atoms and all the molecules in the rings around Saturn, and that's probably not what Jesus is talking about. When he says, the slaves don't know what the master is doing, I think he means human history is being played out on this planet. That's where your obedience will take place. Your, your obedience is not going to take place out there. It's going to take place right here on planet Earth, and God is at work. And he has told you what he's doing. You can know it, and it can transform your obedience into friend obedience, out of slave obedience. Your obedience to the commands of Jesus take place in, in your soul, take place in your friendship, in your families, in your church, in the, the vocational sphere of your life, in the civic and cultural life of your city, in the shaping of a nation, in the reaching of the world. That's where your obedience takes place. Therefore, since obedience is rooted in Friend obedience, not slavish obedience, friend obedience is rooted in and grows out of a knowledge of what the master is doing. We know, or we can know, what God is up to in our soul, in our family, in our friends, in our vocation, in our city, in our nation and in the world. And out of that knowledge of what God is up to and doing, we can obey with the thrill of a friend. Therefore, higher education at Bethlehem is the endeavor to build habits of mind and heart into the students that will make you, them, all of us, that will make us competent, lifelong learners of what God is doing in our souls, in the family, in the friendships, in the vocation, in the cultural life of the city, in the shaping of a nation, in the reaching of the world, a lifelong habit of mind and heart that grows from attention to the Word and attention to the world in our knowledge of what God is doing. What is He up to? And if you don't know what He's doing, either you will not obey what He commands or you will tend to obey like a slave. For the slave does not know what his master is doing. So, John 15, 15 says, everything we need to know about what God is doing in order for us to gladly obey like friends rather than begrudgingly obey like 
slaves has been revealed. We come to know it by a spirit-anointed observation and understanding of the word and a spirit-anointed observation and understanding of the world so that when we take the lens of the world and put it on the world, we can know what God is doing. One illustration to close. Suppose the master tells you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Do good to those who hate you. Never avenge yourselves. And you find, in response to that commandment from the master, a protest rising up inside to getting away with murder. It is not right for me to be slandered like this and they be celebrated. Now, my question for you is, how will you move from a heart of protest to a heart of friend obedience? The school does not believe in a God who says at that point, I just said, do it, do it. Love your enemy. I'm God, for goodness sakes. We don't believe in that because that's not what he said. This is what he said. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. That's what God's doing. Nobody in your life mistreating you or fudging at work right now is or ever will get away with anything. Never. Not one millisecond of wrong will be forgotten by the judge of the universe. Every single wrong that we do or that is done against us will be punished. Either for those who repent on the cross or for those who don't in hell. That's what God is doing when he tells you, love your enemy. Do good to those who hate you. And that verse from Romans 12, 19 says, you will not be able to do that if you don't know what God is doing. Nobody is getting away in this world with anything. There are 10,000 such connections in the Bible. That was one. There are 10,000 such connections in the Bible between what God is doing and friend obedience, free and joyful. And you have been equipped to find them and live them. Yes, you have. So, in conclusion...
in every sphere of life, there is a relationship between obeying the master like a friend and knowing what he's doing. So the aim of education in serious joy is to instill habits of mind and heart that will enjoy for a lifetime friendship with Jesus, freedom of friend obedience, and the knowledge of what God is doing.